0: Welcome to this podcast episode of Narcissists in Divorce: The Narcissist Trap. I'm Dr. Supriya McKenna. I'm a former family doctor, but my life's true work is working with people who have fallen prey to narcissistic relationships of any kind, but I'm particularly busy in the area of divorce. Over the last few years, I've been very proud to become an Amazon best-selling author on the subject of narcissism, and my brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce: From Love-Locked to Leaving, is out right now on Amazon. That's the first book in the Narcissists in Divorce series. And the follow-on to that will be out in the spring. And that's called Narcissists in Divorce, From Leaving to Liberty. And please do note that although I use the word divorce, these books are equally applicable to anyone leaving a serious intimate relationship with a narcissist, whether they are married or not. I also have a book out called The Narcissist Trap the mind-bending pull of the great pretenders. And that book might be useful in helping the people around you who are supporting you to understand more about what happened to you and about narcissism generally. I'm also the co-author with British divorce lawyer Karen Walker of Narcissism and Family Law, a practitioner's guide. And between us, Karen and I have trained Thousands of family law professionals in narcissistic personality disorder, including judges, lawyers, mediators, and social workers. For further narcissism resources from me, please do visit thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com, and that web address has the doctor fully spelt out.
1: talk about what happens when someone who's been suffering from narcissistic abuse has made the decision to leave the relationship Mm. but physically they can't leave the home and they may not be able to do so for months sometimes regrettably even years while they try to resolve all of the issues that arise as a consequence of that separation Mm. what what do you think are some of the the real day-to-day problems that arise um when you're finding
0: yourself stuck in the same four walls i mean it's going to be fraught with problems anyway regardless of whether your spouse is a narcissist or not but you do have a sort of separate problem that's much much greater actually if your spouse is narcissistic because actually the abusive um, behaviors are going to continue if you're living under the same roof and probably actually increase because the narcissist is going to be quite upset and they're going to suffer from narcissistic injury at the breakdown of the marriage, even if it was them that uh, that instigated the split. They may even have another partner, but still they will be taking out their narcissistic injury and their consequent narcissistic rage on the spouse. So obviously living with that is going to have all sorts of um, ramifications for the spouse. Angry outbursts, there'll be issues with the children... Um, There'll be boundary violations. That's a huge one. Um, Narcissists Mm -hmm. are are very well known for for overstepping boundaries anyway. But this is going to continue and and possibly even increase when you're living in the same house. Mm -hmm. So you can actually feel quite unsafe.
1: And sometimes people who've suffered from narcissistic abuse assume that their partner spouse can be removed from the family home, that they won't have to continue to reside under the same roof. And I know... People are very quick to think that you can get an injunction and have somebody removed from the house. And unfortunately, that's not as straightforward as it might initially appear. A lot of clients whom I've seen have an assumption that they won't be expected to continue to live with their abusive partner once they've made that decision to move on. And whilst in certain circumstances that's right, Mm -hmm. the court will regulate the occupation of a house and of course will protect particularly dependent children who find themselves in it at risk if they continue to be under the same roof, or one of the adult partners if, if they are at risk. But unfortunately, the law is rather um, reactive rather than proactive in that situation, and you've got to pass quite a high threshold to demonstrate to the court that it's reasonable to take what is probably the most draconian step that a judge can take apart from imprisoning somebody is to remove them from their own home Mm. and courts don't do it lightly Mm. the number of times that you make that application and you come away with what are called cross undertakings which aren't grumpy undertakings but undertakings given by both of the couple um, to behave in a particular way which you know, are they really worth the paper they're written on behind mm-hmm. closed
0: doors is, is one of the, the problems. So they're made to stay in the same house but with conditions that Exactly they're... that. And you know, that can bring its
1: bring its own difficulties. But if if you're going to go down the road of trying to exclude someone from their home, you need to be as sure as you can be that you're going to succeed. Because to bring an application and fail can actually be worse than having not bought it at all. You know, imagine mm-hmm. You go to court um, and ask for the the court to exclude your partner, husband, wife, from the house and the judge says no and you might find yourself paying the costs Mm. of the other side because you've bought an application unnecessarily and you have to go back and face the the, the ridicule or the the behaviour that will emerge as a consequence of having made that failed application, perhaps having your lawyer ridiculed as well for having Mm. done this. When in reality you're finding yourself simply at the vagaries of a very discretionary court environment where judges make decisions based on their own Mm. feelings in a given Mm. situation and we're all different and we're all human. And so it can be difficult to predict the outcome. And therefore I think if you really do have a, a dangerous situation at home, without doubt the best thing to do is call the police Often the police will take one of the couple out, sometimes put them in the cells overnight just to calm down and defuse the situation. And we'll also give you an indication of whether they think the Crown Prosecution Service would run a criminal prosecution as a consequence of this particular incident of behaviour. That's much less expensive because it's a free facility. And if they yeah. think it's bad enough... And actually, they may deal with that. And if, if it gives rise to a criminal conviction, you may find that separation will happen inevitably because it will have to be accepted by both sides that this is quite a volatile, toxic, dangerous situation, particularly if you've got dependent children.
0: So is that just physical abuse that you're talking about? Then? No. So the laws changed recently
1: to take account of coercive abuse as well and say that there are steps that can be taken where it's not, physically being knocked about but actually mentally being abused as well. And mm-hmm. uh, Now that is very much in its infancy and I think has yet to be properly tested mm-hmm. but it is something that's coming very much to the fore now as a consequence of a change in legislation. I think it's about not hitting the situation head on but being a little bit more aware of where you are and what the options are that are available to you using the police if you think it's severe enough and looking at maybe managing the co-occupation of the house in a different way if an exclusion order, a a step taken to remove
0: someone from the property, is perhaps not achievable Mm. in this situation. So how would you do that? I mean, obviously, you're living under the same roof. You may or may not have children. How do you actually practically sort out your living arrangements? What's the best way of doing that? This obviously applies to, to anyone separating, but it's probably even more important in a situation of narcissistic abuse absolutely where you want some personal space and some privacy
1: in the mm. home particularly so the first step will be if you're going to divorce then you're going to need to demonstrate that you've lived separate and apart under the same roof um, depending on your ground for divorce it's particularly important if the case might become protracted that um, and and might last more than six months before financial matters are resolved that you demonstrate a physical separation as far as you can. So the first step is to find where everybody's going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a spare bedroom, wonderful. But if you haven't, perhaps finding what new arrangements could be made. Could perhaps children double up in a bedroom, albeit on a short-term basis? Could you perhaps sleep in with one of the children and would that work? And is that going to be reasonable? Is there some another room in the house that could be converted into a bedroom? Very often your narcissistic spouse won't vacate the matrimonial bedroom particularly if it's not their decision to end the marriage if it is they might be delighted to do so and you might find that they spend very little time at home and if that's right but they feel that on the odd night that they do come back they want to muscle into to your bed no matter what having a conversation with them to say that actually that's not acceptable and that if they're going to be away some of the time when they come back they're going to be the ones sleeping in the more makeshift arrangement in the study or converted dining room or wherever you're going to put Mm. a bed but think about how the house dynamics will work and where you can put somewhere separate for someone to sleep because it may be for longer than you might want it to be and you need those arrangements to work Mm. and also to normalise it for the children you need of course to have told them what's happening make it something that goes hand in, in glove with perhaps starting to put in place the child arrangements so who's going to spend time with the children a follow on from that could be to say look we're going to alternate weekend responsibility even though we're under the same roof Mm -hmm. so you might find that you're dividing your weekly responsibility for the children as well
0: Mm -hmm. so even if you're If you're wondering whether your partner really is a narcissist, please do check out my online course, Is My Partner a Narcissist? Knowing for Sure. And if you want to understand narcissistic behaviours, you may be interested in my Demystifying the Narcissist online course. Both are available on drsapria.com. There at the weekend, for example, you will still largely if you, if you're alternating weekends, for example, yeah. So you'd be the one who cooks the meals for the children, deals with their washing,
1: takes them out if they need to go anywhere, if they're going to perhaps parties or sporting events or sporting activities or anything else outside of the home that on your weekend you take responsibility for the taxi service that goes with that. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're starting to put in place how it's going to feel for the children when mum and dad are living in separate
0: locations. Mm-hmm. But also importantly, you're talking about sort of the meals, etc. That's a, an area that a narcissist will exploit time and time again. I mean, they'll they'll say, well, if you're making a meal for yourself, why can't you make, you know double the amount or if you're making a meal for the children and yourself why can't you just make an extra portion for me that's again another sort of boundary violation they won't like the fact that you're not cooking for them but that is actually quite important it's quite important to stand up for yourself and at cooking washing cleaning mm. however
1: terrible the room in which they're sleeping may become you leave it alone because it's their domain to sort out don't do their washing mm-hmm. um, have separate shelves in the fridge because you know, this is the start of a separation Mm. and violating those boundaries and sitting down for a Sunday roast together first of all gives very mixed messages to the children yes Um, so it's quite a bad step to take from their perspective but also you may be asked to explain on a court form how you've lived separate and apart under under the same roof and the fact that you've taken meals separately you've not shared household chores and so on and the ability to, to be able to set that out is really important. So however hard your narcissistic spouse says, you know, come on, why why is there chicken curry for three and not four? Mm. It is possible to buy meals for one now, mm. and, and um,
0: they should be encouraged to do so. I um, mean, that's it's... that's interesting that, um, that if a court form is going to ask you to confirm that you've been living separately and how exactly you've been living separately, that puts power, actually, in the spouse of the narcissist's hands because they can actually use that can't they they can actually because obviously the narcissist is going to keep on saying please make me a meal please keep doing my washing you're putting the washing on anyway why can't you just add an extra few shirts that's going, that sort of thing you're going to the supermarket anyway can you pick me up this that or the other they are going to keep doing that and they're not going to stop trying but if you've got an actual reason why which isn't just about sort of separating or, or boundaries, but actually it is the law that we must be living separately for this period of time. It's out of my hands. Absolutely. I think that's going to be quite important for it's us. It's really important. It's
1: If you bear in mind that this individual has taken this big step to break out of a controlling relationship, so they need all the tools they can lay their hands on mm. to maintain that moving forward. And so to be able to rely on something which is completely... Out of their hands, mm-hmm. um, and explain that if we're going to get divorced, we will be expected to make it clear that we haven't taken meals together or lived together in any way. That we have separated, albeit under the same roof. It's something that provides a lot of strength because yes. it gives you a reason yes. that is nothing to do with you, as you've rightly said, and it gives you an ability to stand up to your narcissistic spouse as well at the same time. So it's actually a double benefit Mm. and it enables you to start establishing boundaries and ground rules and guidelines which come from a third party direction but which you can reinforce and adhere to Um, and it's a reason which isn't made up by you but it's a reason which is part of the process so that should strengthen your resolve definitely having taken that step if you then sink back into doing the extra shirts or the the Mm. extra portion of chicken curry or whatever it might be you're moving away from that decision that you've taken and you may be undermining it inadvertently Mm -hmm. and
0: unintentionally what are your thoughts on taking the wedding rings off particularly when we're talking about narcissistic relationships
1: oh now i'd be quite interested to know what you think as a as a coach and mentor over that from the point of view of somebody who who comes to see you do you think it's it's an important
0: visual step to take do you think it's demonstrative of of that separation yeah i do and it's very common actually for the narcissistic individual even though they might be the one that's going out and sort of you know meeting members of the opposite sex or they're already in another relationship it's very common for them to actually keep their wedding ring on which is odd but it's another sort of way to destabilize their ex-spouse especially if they're living in the same house i mean they may well be taking the ring off and going out but putting it back on again. And that, that is quite a destabilising thing, and particularly if their spouse has taken their ring off. It's a kind of guilt-inducing ploy, and uh, it's very, very common. And it's such a big thing. Taking mm-hmm. that ring off, if you've not ever taken it off for 20 years or 10 years, it's a huge symbolic gesture, and your hand feels strange without it, and you don't feel like you, and it's, a, it's just a massive gesture to you and the whole world, and also, of course, to your spouse. Mm. So you have to do it at the right time for you. But once you've done it, don't go back on it. And also, just don't be influenced by what the the narcissistic individual is doing because they may well just be putting it back on again when when they get through the front door. So don't allow the guilt feelings to come in on that.
1: I think kind of going along with that and talking about staying or not staying under the same roof, sometimes when an individual has taken the step to leave the relationship... And they realise that they can't make their spouse leave the home. They then wonder whether perhaps they should be the one to go. Mm. And that's, again, something to be viewed with extreme caution. Because, first of all, never ever leave um, without your children if you want to be their main caring parent moving forwards it's just seen as as absolutely the wrong step to take even if you feel that you've got to go for your own sanity going for a day or so to stay with a friend or or a relative overnight while you regroup and, and gather your thoughts is one thing but to move out for a prolonged period leaving the children behind would be a mistake also you don't know how long you're going to be away from the home so if you move out there's the fact that it's quite difficult to go back or it can be Because you've moved yourself away from that being your home, albeit that it may be your owned property, um, and it can be difficult to return. If you're going to live with a friend or a relative, it's undoubtedly in unsatisfactory circumstances, perhaps with yourself and the children camped out in their spare room. that's fine for a week or two but it's not fine for a month or two and Mm. it's definitely not fine for a year or more Mm. which it could be Mm. Um, if you're going to move into rented accommodation inevitably there's a cost Mm. and where's that money going to come from and how long are you going to have to pay for it for so it's quite important I think to focus properly on how to make the home environment bearable and to manage that that continuation under the same roof rather than looking at ways to get out unless there are very clear ways to do so. And that's why I think taking a wedding ring off but still being under the same roof is, is giving a very clear message when actually nothing has physically changed in terms of who goes through the front door and, and where, where what mm. everybody's address is. Mm. But it physically demonstrates that there's a, there's a big change in this situation.
0: Mm. There are other issues, I think, as well that we need to sort of highlight. Obviously, this couple's going through a divorce, so there's legal paperwork that's going to be in the house, um, and that's really, really important because I think you know you have to lock your paperwork away. Um, a narcissistic individual will rifle through your belongings and try to find your correspondence uh, with your own solicitor, etc. and Find your financial records and possibly even take things of yours, um, your own bank statements or utility bills or w- whatever um, is important, tax returns, etc. They'll try to wreak havoc and so they will quite often remove these things or certainly take them, photocopy them, return them. It's really important to have somewhere where you can lock your divorce related correspondence and your financial correspondence away.
1: Or perhaps not keep it at home at all Mm -hmm. and perhaps leave it with a friend or a relative or at work, Mm -hmm. somewhere that you know is safe, Mm -hmm. because even if you have your own space within the house, um, and people often think about putting locks on bedroom doors just to maintain that privacy, or perhaps a locked bag or briefcase or suitcase with paperwork in it, but of course that can be taken away on its own. Now more things are electronic, obviously having a password that isn't shared on an email address that isn't known can be very, very important. Um, And just making sure that that
0: your privacy from that perspective, from a cyber perspective, is very defined and clear. So changing passwords to something that they actually couldn't possibly guess, um, if they knew your password before, if they knew the sorts of things that you had, and also that's applicable to your bank accounts, etc. Absolutely. Um, All of that, so emails, bank accounts, perhaps setting up a new divorce related um, email account that they know Mm -hmm. nothing about just to communicate with your your solicitors one of the other things that i think happens quite a lot is that allegations will be made against you and the police will be called what can you do there when these things are completely unfounded or perhaps you've, you've been angry and you've shouted or, and the, the narcissistic individual's taken that and perhaps videoed it or taken a recording of you.
1: I think one of the first things to try to remember is not to hand that sort of opportunity on a plate, mm-hmm. um, to counter to whatever it takes, not to get cross, to remove yourself from a situation, not to get drawn into a conversation or an argument not to allow it to go to the level of pushing your buttons that will make you explode or behave in in a way that you would prefer not to. If the police are called, then making it clear that you haven't behaved in the way that's being alleged, talking to the police sensibly, making sure that you present in a way that demonstrates that this is just a domestic situation which doesn't require any police intervention is by far the best way to handle it. But I think more importantly prevention being better than cure if as far as you can you can keep away from any Mm -hmm. um, just hostile communication that could escalate into an incident. Sometimes you'll get people who will refer to a reportable incident and they're going to either occasion you to behave in such a way
0: that it will give rise to a reportable incident yes well I think that's very common isn't it they're going to very much so they know exactly which buttons to push they've known you for however many years so they're going to get a rise out of you I think and
1: I think it's it's important to bear in mind that you've known them for many years as well and you know yourself so Mm. think about what it is that could give rise to you losing your temper Um, If you need support through this by someone like yourself that um, can enable you better to keep that under wraps and to Mm -hmm. deal with it Mm -hmm. and to know what those buttons are and avoid them being pressed. Because particularly if you're going to be subjected to this under the same roof situation for many, many months um, and particularly if you're going to be subjected to this kind of behaviour as a barrage for many, many months, you need a strategy in place to be able to deal with it support of the right form can be vital to, just to give you the courage and the confidence
0: to keep going mm. and to withstand that sort of behaviour. I and mean, there will be an awful lot of behavior i mean no. the narcissistic spouse will be undermining your own legal team so if you're in the same house and perhaps you've gone to your first court appointment the first directions appointment you may come home from that and say oh wasn't your lawyer rubbish and protest can continue why did your lawyer send that letter to my lawyer C- clearly he or she doesn't know anything they're really rubbish you know you need a better lawyer we can sort this out by mediation, we don't need lawyers, all of that will be going on in the background um, behind closed doors if you let it. So you have to be aware that they're going to be doing everything they can to undermine the whole legal process and, and the divorce and try and sort of drag it out for as long as they can um, and make it as uncomfortable as they possibly can because this gives them narcissistic supply. This is, this is drama, this is conflict invoking fear in their partner. It's all about them getting their narcissistic supply So you you just need to be very careful about what you listen to and actually just physically separating, not being in the same room as much as possible um, and not engaging in conversation unless you absolutely have to is just really, really important. Of course, that's very difficult if you're living in the same house for 18 months or even two years, but you have to find a way to make that work. You have to physically separate yourself, walk away, try not to be in the same room and don't listen to, to their uh, undermining um, a- accusations or, or um, anything they say to you. They might say, I want to leave the country with the children. They'll know that aggravates you again. That's, that's pushing your buttons. There's all sorts. They'll know exactly what to say to you um, to get you into a state and to respond. And they want a response. The response is everything. And the other thing I wanted to mention was hoovering. Because obviously living in the same house you are at risk of the narcissist doing what they probably always did over the years of your relationship and they suck you back into that relationship so as we've said on um, other podcasts it is known to take an average of seven attempts to leave an abusive relationship because the person who's being abused gets sucked back into the relationship their love bond back into the relationship over and over and over again And so obviously if you're living with somebody, and that's called hoovering, where the charm is turned on, the apologies, suddenly they're doing all the things that you, you wanted them to do and they become the perfect partner again. That term hoovering, again, sort of where they suck you back into the relationship. If you're living with them, you're at risk of that happening. So you've got to be aware of that and you've got to just guard against that. And that's so important. My brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce, from love locked to leaving, is out now. For more information and online courses about narcissism, please do check out my websites, thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com.